0: Welcome to the February 19th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 through 33, and the sermon is entitled, Everyone Has to Choose, delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. Sermon number 26, and I am here to report, this is the last one. The last sermon out of Joshua, we have made it. And as we open the book today, it is the closing chapter not only of the book of Joshua, but it is a closing chapter of the life of Joshua. And we will see that all as we close this book today. And I felt God's leading... To pick this book because it is a book of transition. It is a book of transition from leadership of Moses to that of Joshua. And with what our church was going through, I felt it being a perfect book of transition. But what God has used this book to is to minister deeply to my soul and to remind me over and over and over and over, it's not about Joshua, it's about God. It's not about Jeffrey, it's about God. It's not about Clifford Baptist Church, it's about Jesus Christ. And so today, it's with that mindset we open the final chapter of the book of Joshua. It is said, the average person makes 70 conscious decisions every day. And my little bit of math says 25,550 conscious decisions every year. And we struggle in those decisions. Do you struggle in those decisions that you make? Absolutely we do. I feel like that every decision I make in a position of leadership carries consequences. But when I even scale that down to my family and to being a husband and to being a dad, those decisions are magnified. And so I'm grateful today that I know that the hardest decision that somebody can make is this. Where are you going to eat dinner at? Some of y'all still ain't figured out. If you're like me, if somebody can't make their mind up, we just go eat at home. I'm good with sandwiches. It's all right. Today I'm grateful because I understand that choices direct your life. The right choice can lead you into a direction that you feel like you need to go. It leads the rest of your life. And I want to add a little note here that these decisions affect you the entirety of your life. Young people here today, I want you to know that you do not need to settle in your decision-making process. Don't you dare settle for what you think it's best. Settle for what is best in God's eyes. For you... And for your life. As I think about the choices and the path that I took to get to where I am today. I, I would never advise anybody to go that route. It's not the easiest route. I was here and God wanted me here. And it felt like I went through the valleys and the mountaintops to get to where I am today. And every one of those decisions Guides and directs our lives. Young people today, maybe it's a direction that you're seeking in this place today. Of school, or work, or learning a trade, or dating the right person, or friendship groups. All of these choices will shape your future. Write it down. And I've messed up along the way. But today, the greatest choice for every one of us today is simply this. Will you allow Jesus to lead your life? Life. The choice that you make in response to the answer to that question will lead and direct your life for the rest of your life. And so we now look at a hundred plus year old man nearing the end of his life, writing it all down so the people of God would follow after God. As we look at this sermon titled today, the simple title is this, everyone has to choose. Everyone has to choose. Today, if you're hearing the sermon, that includes you. Let's look at God's Word. Joshua chapter number 24, 14 through 18. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served, "...on the other side of the flood, and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord." To serve other gods. For the Lord our God, He it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage, and which did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way wherein we went, and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drave out from before us all the people, even the Amorites which dwelt in the land. Therefore, will we also serve the Lord, for He is our God. Point number one that I want to share with you today is simply this. Today is the day. Joshua's tone takes a shift from the first 13 verses in the chapter. As you remember last week, the word that dominated last week was I. And a reminder of what God had done for His people Today's word that will dominate scripture is this, serve. And so as we look at this scripture, maybe you've already started doing it. Count the number of times that you see the word in some form of serve. But this 110-year-old man is trying to tell the people of God how to serve the Lord. Now, young people, listen to me. If somebody older comes up to you and tries to give you advice... Don't blow them off. Hear them out. You know, as a teenager, I don't know if my mom's here today or not. I hope not. Growing up as a teenager, I thought my mother knew nothing of what she was talking about. As a 40-year-old man, she was right. Mark it down. Jeffrey said she was right. Now that I'm a 40-year-old man, I have teenagers of my own. And they probably think, Dad's crazy. Dad's just beating me over the head with the Bible. And Dad's just trying to, trying to tell me something that's not true. But all Dad's trying to do is just lead my son in the right direction. By the choices that they make. And here is the 110 year old man addressing the people of Israel. Saying you have a choice. I'm getting ready to not be your leader any longer. I'm getting ready to go the way of the earth. I'm getting ready to die. And here's what I want you to do people. I just want you to be faithful to God. Joshua knows the end of his life is near. And all he wants for the people of God is the very best. And that requires them being faithful to God. It's amazing that Joshua gives them a choice. As we see in verse number 14 as it opens up, Joshua calls Israel to do three things. To fear the Lord, to serve Him in sincerity, and to put away false gods that are among them. Those are three things. Now, I probably should have just... Added a few more sermons to this. That's a sermon in itself. But listen, before you can truly serve the Lord, you've got to have a fear of the Lord. And so what he's trying to tell the people of God, you've got to fear God before you can serve God, before you can serve the true God, before you can put away other gods. If you don't fear the Lord, you will not put away those things that you are loving and serving And so, friends, today, I want you to know that the Hebrew word here is a reverent fear of God. And in my heart of hearts, I believe that we've lost that. We've lost what it means to fear God and what that carries. And before we can ever serve in the best capacity, you've got to learn what reverent fear of God is. So I challenge you there. That's not the crux of my sermon i told you i should have just made a sermon on that but joshua poses the question in verse number 15 and i want to be honest with you church some of you have joshua 24 15 as your life verse i'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if that's your life verse but even this is how crazy god works in my morning devotion book that i was going to give away today that i have for somebody guess what verse is the verse of the day for the devotion joshua 24 15. Is that God? Absolutely it's God. Some of you have this verse to lead your life, but I want to explain it maybe in a way that you never understood it or looked at it before. Look at verse number 15 with me. Here's what it says. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods what your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. How many of us hang our hats up on the end of that verse? I would love to. But here's what Joshua is offering the people. You have a choice. You have a choice of what you're going to do from this day forward. I implore you to follow my God. But here are the choices. As you choose this day Who you're going to serve, you can serve my God. You can serve Yahweh, my God. Or you can serve the Mesopotamian gods of your father. Or you can serve the Amorite gods in whose land you dwell. You have a choice. Here's what I want to tell you today, church. You've got a choice. Now that may not seem right for the pastor. I believe there is only one God that we should serve. I believe there is only one Savior in Jesus Christ. I believe that. But here is what I want to tell you. Many will choose to leave here today not wanting to serve Jesus Christ. Am I talking to people in the church? Yes. You see, the people outside of the church, they're not serving the Lord anyway. I'm not talking to them. God's people. Joshua knew their heart. Uh, He would know the choice to serve other gods would soon outweigh the choice to serve Yahweh. In verse number 16, I want you to see the initial response. Here's what that response says. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. At the end of verse number 18, Therefore will we serve the Lord for He is our God. Church, what am I trying to tell you? Joshua called the people of God not to wait, not to hear Him out, not once He was dead and gone off scene, then they could choose He was calling them to choose today who they would follow. And church, I'm doing the same thing. I think it's something to learn in twofold thing. Today is the day. This is the day that you need to choose for yourself who will lead your life. I want you to know I love my boys and I love my wife. But Jesus Christ leads my life. He's number one over Terry and over my two boys. Because if I don't get that right, everything else is messed up. So I want you to be challenged today to make sure that Jesus Christ is leading your life. And I'm going to tell you this. Very straightforward. You can choose to let something else lead your life other than Jesus. And that will be your God. Write it down. Write it down. The second thing is that serving the Lord is an every day choice Joshua went and he wasn't in a place to force them he was giving them the choice do what you want to do serve who you want to it is your choice Joshua doesn't have to answer for their choice the only one that Joshua has to answer for is giving them the true choice I will serve the Lord, I will serve Yahweh you choose who you want to today I'm going to tell you church I believe this church will always follow Jesus Christ as long as I'm here. This church will follow Jesus Christ as long as we are here together. Amen. Amen. As for me and my house, you are part of my house. We will serve the Lord. Friends, I want you to know as your leader, just as Joshua was a leader, I've got to show you the correct way to walk. And the correct way to walk is Jesus Christ. If you choose something else, that is your choice. But it will be your God. Point number two. Look at verses 19 through 23. And Joshua said unto the people, You cannot serve the Lord, for He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves, that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are. Witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. Point number two today is this, that as you choose who to serve, live to be a witness for God. I want you to know that I have grown up in Amherst County. I've been here 40 years of my 40 years. And I get ridiculed sometimes because I don't want to go anywhere else. I'm a homebody, I know that God has planted me here. And God will have to do something radically to change that. It will have to be of God. You could ask my wife, I don't like to leave home for a very long period of time. That's just not who I am. I'm a homebody. But for 40 years I've been in this this county growing up here, and I'm just going to be honest with you and shoot you straight. I was told growing up, don't write a check with your mouth that your butt can't cash. As a young person hearing that, I was like, what in the world is that? As a 40-year-old man continuing to live in Amherst for my whole life, I'm glad I didn't write too many checks, all right? But that's exactly what is being said here. The verbal, we will serve the Lord, comes out and echoes out from the people of God. We will serve the Lord. The mouths chant, and the Israelites say, But Joshua says in verse number 19, no, you can't. Look at verse number 19. And Joshua said unto people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. I'm going to tell you this. I'm thankful for Joshua's reminder that God is holy and God appreciates what comes out of our mouth. But Joshua's reminder was the same as the reminder that I've got. Don't promise something with your mouth that your life won't back up. Maybe I should have said it like that. Same thing. Don't write the checks. How many times have you and I promised God to do something because we've been in an awesome worship service or an awesome worship experience and then we never followed through? We promised God, but we never followed through. And that's the warning here. Joshua says, no, you can't do that because your lives are not changing. You still have false gods among you, and you've got to get rid of those things. So you're saying one thing with your mouth, and you're doing another thing with your life. Has the picture changed over thousands of years? If people look into the church today, will they see people saying one thing with their mouth and doing another with their life? We have a term for that, hypocrisy. And it is the deathbed of the church. When people hear and they see and it doesn't match up. And here is the warning. To live out in a way that you will be a witness so others will see. It's amazing that as I implore you to follow Jesus, I also must warn you that you've got to count the cost according to Luke chapter number 14. The cost of giving your life because it is expensive. I need to warn you today that if the old man in you has not died and the new man is is able to be seen, then you probably are not saved. Do I need to say that again? The old man has to die in order for you to be a witness. Friends, I'm not talking about a prayer that you prayed one time in your life I'm praying about a lifetime that is given in service to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about joining a church family. I'm not talking about any of this. I'm talking about a relationship with Jesus Christ. Is what you say and what you do a witness for the Savior that we say that we love? Romans 14 verse 11 and 12. I want you to listen to these words. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Listen to verse number 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every person in this building that is watching in the world will one day stand before a holy and righteous God. And I would hate to think that I told him I loved him with my mouth and with my life I didn't show it. And then I have to explain that before God. Of why it didn't match up. And God will not hear it. God will not buy it. Just as Joshua is not buying it. He says you are doing one thing and you are saying another. You better get rid of those gods that are deep in the darkest part of your life. Friends, today, are we going to lay aside those things that are weighing us down? Will you choose today to live to be a witness for Jesus? Hey, listen, I know it's a hard step. When I chose to make that step, the friends disappeared. The scene changed. It's all good because God brings other people in. But it's a lonely road. It is a lonely road. But it is well worth that walk with Jesus. As we think about the witness... That God calls you and I to be. Verse 23 he says. Now therefore put away. Said he the strange gods which are among you. And incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. That's where the change takes place. Maybe today you're here. And you realize things don't match up. I'm not fussing at you. I'm not preaching at you. Here's all I'm saying. Incline your heart. Give your heart to God fully. Give it to Jesus Christ Fully. Point number three. Look at verses 24 through 28. 24 through 28. And the people said unto Joshua, The Lord, our God, we, will we serve? In His voice, will we obey? And Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statu- statute and an ordinance in Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that was... By the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people. Behold this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord. Which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you. Lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart. Every man unto his inheritance. Point number three. That you need to commit to serving the Lord. Everyone must choose. You must not only choose, but you must commit to serving the Lord. What's the last commitment you made? As I look back at the last commitment that I made, I went back to one of the most important in my life. And that was the commitment to my wife, to be with her by her side every step along the way, through the good and through the bad, through the sickness and the pain. And death, I pray, will do us part. That's how long I'm in this for. If you had to describe your commitment to God in the terms of marriage, how would you describe it? Because that's what we're talking about. My commitment to God is greater than my commitment to Terry. Did you hear that? It's more important. So if you had to use marriage terms to describe your relationship With God, what would it look like? Would you use happily married? There are times I use that. But would that describe your your walk with God? With your relationship with Jesus? Would you use the term separated? Or divorced? Or maybe there would be some that would use, I'm not interested. Friends, today when I think about that commitment to serving God... I have to look at that commitment because I'm married to my wife. I'm committed to her, but I'm also married to Jesus Christ in my commitment to Him. And though that marriage is on rocky soil all the time, not all the time, but most times, it's my fault. It's never God's. It's never the Lord's. So friends, today, when we talk about commitment, I want you to think about marriage. And I want you to think about what that looks like. And that might be a bad word for some of you. But how would you describe that marriage to Jesus? Friends, I want you to know that every day, every day is a challenge of commitment to my God. Just as I work every day on my marriage, I work every day on my relationship with Jesus Christ. If you neglect that, it's going to show itself. It will do that. So friends, today I hope you see that commitment. But as Joshua makes this commitment, he knew He knew a word wouldn't be good enough, so he used the written word. But he also set up a stone as a witness of the works and the words of the people of God. What do you have to remind you of your marriage? I'm covering my hand up because I don't wear a wedding ring, okay? I come from a machinist background where you don't wear jewelry. And it's just stuck that way. But we have rings. How many of you, if you go in your house, you've got a, a little certificate that says when you were married? You show that off to people. What do you have to show for your commitment of the Lord? I don't want you to run out here and put a stone in your yard. But what do you need to set as a reminder every day of your commitment? What do you need to see as a reminder of God's love for you and the price that Jesus paid for you? Friends, I'll give you an answer right here. If you stick your nose every day in this book, it will be a great reminder of the love of Jesus Christ. Let this be that witness For your love for Jesus. The last thing I want to say before I move on is this. Joshua knows the heart of his people. Just in my marriage, Terry is my accountability partner, right? I have friends that are accountability partners for me. And I'm grateful for that. But here's what I want you to know. That if you don't have an accountability partner in your relationship with Jesus, you need one. You need somebody to check on you to see how things are going. And you need to be the person that checks on other people to see how their relationship with Jesus is going. If you don't see them one Sunday, make sure you call. Make sure you reach out. So I'm grateful for accountability, and I think that's why Joshua sets the stone up for an accountability of what these people said. But also, it serves as a reminder because Joshua knew the hearts of the people. And just a couple pages over in your Bible, in Judges, the next book, Judges chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, I want you to see what happens. Joshua dies. A generation that served with him is gone. And now listen what happens to the people. Judges chapter number 2 verse number 10 says this. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. Nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. One generation friends... And it's gone. And I want you to know in truth, the church is one generation from being extinct. If people do not see the commitment to Jesus through you, if your kids and your grandkids don't hear about the love of Jesus, friends, it's going to be gone. You wonder why in our community churches are drying up and dying out. Because there's a dying generation. Not the ones that believe, but the ones that are still left. That's the dying generation. So Joshua, before he takes his last words, he sets up that means of accountability. As a reminder, you said you love the Lord. Don't you forget it. Our chapter closes with a funeral service. So I want to read the last part of chapter number 24, starting with verse 29. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-serah, which is in Mount Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem in a parcel of ground, which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, For a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died. And they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas, his son, which was given him in Mount Ephraim. As we close point number four today, simply this, God keeps his promise. So when you choose today what you're going to do, here is the reminder. God is going to keep His end of the bargain. He's going to keep His deal. Death is tough. And I want to be honest with you. The past couple of weeks preaching through the end of this book, it has caused me to think of my own ending that will come one of these days. But it's something that we will all deal with as long as the Lord tarries. Why hasn't Jesus come back for His people? Because he's given somebody a little bit more time to make the choice to follow him. I believe that's why Jesus has not shown back up. But just a little bit longer. And as long as we have and we keep living on this earth, death will be a part of our life unless Jesus comes back. These three funerals that take place. The first is that of Joshua. At 110 years old, he is buried in Ephraim. The second one at the end of the chapter is Eliezer who is Aaron's son, the high priest. He's buried in Ephraim. And then the third funeral that happens is the bones of Joseph that are buried in Shechem, just as Joseph wished to be buried there. Could you imagine carrying the bones of somebody for over 200 years before you lay them to rest? That's what happened here. That's what happened about 200 years. But there are a couple words as we wind this sermon down. In the moment of Joshua's death, What is said about him? Did you catch it as I read through it? Listen to verse number 29. The Bible simply calls him a servant of the Lord. And verse number 31, it says Joshua served the Lord all the days Joshua's life preached his funeral. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's the way I desire to live my life. That one day, somebody won't have to say a word, but they will know that Jeffrey Campbell loved Jesus. Oh, to be a servant of the Lord. And to serve Him faithfully for the entirety of life. Not many people can say that. But Joshua could. A hundred and ten years of service. Today, I close the book on Joshua. I don't want you to march out here today and proclaim, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord unless you truly mean it. I don't want you to march out into a world and tell them about Jesus with your mouth and your life. Not back them up. So church, I'm calling you to a point of invitation today. That we as the people of God know that we're not perfect. I'll never be perfect. But I want to be as much like Jesus as I can. And so today, maybe in this moment of invitation, we will open an altar to people that will come down, not ready to be judged by anybody that will see you. But simply this, say, God, help me to become more like you. That's all you have to pray you get up and go back to your seat if you mean it. Jesus, let me be more like you. Church family, how many people today would simply come and kneel and say that? Jesus, let me be more like you. Maybe today you're here, and you realize in your life there are some areas that are in question. Maybe you were like I was in a season of my life where I backslid. I got as far away from God as I could because I thought that's what I needed to do. That's not where God wants you. God desires you and desires a relationship with you. So if you today are a child of God and have gotten away, come back and serve Him. Serve Him faithfully with your life. Not only with your mouth, but with your life. And maybe today, there's somebody here that has never ever made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time. For the only time. There are times that we think we've made it here, but we've not made it here. As we've seen in Scripture, it has to be a turning of the heart. And today, I'm not trying to make you doubt your salvation. But what I am asking you to do is simply look in the mirror and see if Jesus lives right here. Not that He inhabits here, or even here, or even here. He's got to inhabit here. Today, if Jesus Christ has never been invited to be the Lord of your heart, your life, today, you need to make that decision. Simply acknowledging His forgiveness on an old rugged cross His sin payment on that cross and payment for your price, your sin, my sin. Knowing that he experienced death and he rose on the third day to defeat death, hell, and the grave, and to give us life and relationship with him. If you accept that today, I will mark this, mark this down. It will change your life. One last word. Today is the day. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Today's the day. May we pray together. Father God, Lord, thank you. Thank you for your unending grace. Thank you for your Holy Spirit which moves in these moments. God, I'm calling on you, Lord Holy Spirit, to move in the hearts of your people. Lord, I pray today if there's somebody here that needs Jesus Christ as their Savior. I pray that nothing will stand in their way. Nothing will keep them back. Lord, I pray, Lord, that the white knuckles will go away. I pray that the sin will be forgiven. And that life in its place will be granted. Jesus, thank you for what you're going to do today. and this moment of invitation, as the people come before a holy God and give their lives to you. Lord, I echo the words of Joshua. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lead us now. Amen. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.